Hey, you're listening to The Dollop. It's a bi-weekly podcast. I talk about American history to my friend. <laughs> Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is about or what's happening right now. How are you? Who are you being? Hi. What is... This why? is going to be fun. I'm not excited to do this. God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gareth. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> April 27th, 1822. Okay, that was a good one. You got me. I forgot about that part. Oh, girl. Don't even. Ulysses Grant was born in Point Pleasant, Ohio to Jesse Root Grant. Sure. A Tanner and Hannah Grant. All of the Australians are now laughing that there's a man whose middle name is Root. (laughs) Because that means fuck. Oh. Rooted. Oh, well, I, I that- rooted her, which means you put your root in her, which is really a horrible thing to say. Yeah, there's some. I, also, when the Jersey Shore had smush, there's a couple that I'm just like, these are. Un- yeah. I'm, I'm uncomfortable by these. Yeah, smush is and, not. And I'm not. I'm let's not, not. Let's not root ladies. Let's yeah, treat them with I'm not high respect. class, but come on. But do ladies in Australia say I got totally rooted last yeah, night? Yeah, no. I think that the. I think when it becomes a thing, you'll. Yeah, people will just say it. Mm. You know, like banged. Like we all say banged. Well, some of us too. Is that not what we're saying? I don't know. (laughs) This has been tough. Like all big important men back then, uh, Grant's ancestors arrived in 1630. His grandcestors. Did I say grandcestors? No, but I'm punching it up. His grandcestors arrived at Massachusetts Bay Colony. His father was an abolitionist, and young Grant regularly attended school. When he was 17, a congressman nominated him to the United States Military Academy at West Point. Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard coming from a rich... Uh, popular, well-known family. Yeah. It's tough to get a break. Yeah. I'm just nervous about eggnog tie-ins. Grant developed a reputation as an expert horseman setting an equestrian high jump record that stood for almost 25 years. Okay. He graduated in 1843, ranking... Grant, sorry, graduated. I'm punching up again. <laughs> ranking 21st in a class of 39. That's, uh... That's... Under the mid. Under the mid. Yeah. <laughs> not very good. Hey, good on a horse. Everything else? <laughs> that's not, hey, that's not bad. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so even though he was great on a horse, he was not assigned to the cavalry, but to the 4th Infantry Regiment. He was made regimental quartermaster, managing supplies and equipment, with the rank of brevet second lieutenant. Okay. He was just waiting for his four years to be up so he could leave the military. Then the Mexican-American War broke out. Oh, boy. And so it, he wanted out. And Yeah, he wanted out. He didn't want to be. He was like, this is stupid. Interesting. Oh, people telling me what to do? People don't remember horses. that part, huh? I want to ride horses. <laughs> Father, may I go play with Black Beauty? <laughs> so Mexican-American War in 1846, and he went down there to fight. And he kicked ass. His heroic ash- actions led to... Promotions. Grant then stayed on after his four years were up and moved from post to post. He was promoted to captain in 1853. And then reports came that he was getting plowed. 
I'm. <laughs> you mean not rooted? Not rooted. <laughs> Plowed. No, he wasn't getting Wait, fucked he, by a bunch of dudes. He's just getting shit faced. No, he's getting fucked by a bunch of dudes. <laughs> Ulysses. No, he was getting shit faced all the time. He enjoyed his booze. So he's just getting. Uh, so the the report comes out that he's just drinking a yeah, ton. Yeah, yeah, he's drinking crazy. Instead of a court-martial, though, he was allowed to resign. Rumors of heavy drinking continued after he retired. He worked as a tanner and a farmer, but was always Sorry, broke. what's a tanner? I think you're tanning leather, right? Okay. Or, I wasn't sure. If, well, or, I thought you were just oiling guys on the beach. <laughs> there you go. Let me know when you guys need to roll over. Sir, I have a very special oil here from Greece. <laughs> Would you like me to rub that on you? My no plowing, gentlemen. No plowing. My name is Grant. I shall not be plowed. You will not plow me. On April 12th, 1861, the Civil War broke out. Okay. Abraham Lincoln asked for 70,000 volunteers. This is quite the ask. Because of Grant's experience, he was asked to join the cause, which he did. He raised and commanded a volunteer army, but wanted a field command in the regular army. Okay. The gentleman in charge wouldn't allow it because of Grant's history... Of drinking. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he had a rep. I mean, uh, that you know, you know, you're boozing. Yeah. When the army's like, listen, we, no, no, I can't. We can't. No. We want you, but no. No. You have experience. No. Oh God. Do you remember when you put on the lambskin and ran down? Do you remember that, Grant? Fourth Avenue. You don't, do you? No, I don't remember anything. Of course not. Finally, a congressman stepped in and had Grant promoted to colonel in the regular army in June. How does that? So the army's like, no, no, no. And then a congressman's like, fuck you. This kid is from uh, a well-known family. Get him in there. So a congressman. Is it all just because of connections? Yeah. None of it is based on merit at all. No, it's just connections. So he's... He was was very good in the the Mexican-American War. Ulysses W. Grant. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, So in August, he was given command of his own troops. His exceptional victories over the next few, few months... Caused Lincoln to promote Grant to major general. The press was treating him as a hero. Okay. Oh. During the Civil With power War, power comes booze. Uh, during the Civil War, the trade of cotton continued between the North and South. Mm-hmm. They needed cotton to make clothes and blankets and everything else in New York. And down south, they had to sell cotton to someone. And the U.S. government allowed the trade to go on, even though everyone was trying to kill each other. How does that work? Because they needed the North needed it and the South needed to sell it. Like it was just one of those things they couldn't stop or else. So it was just kind of this. I mean, the North needed to make uniforms. Okay. <laughs> and the South was like, we got a bunch of cotton. So and they let it keep going. It's just kind of like when roommates like put a line of tape down the middle and then, but then they'll still like hand each other chips. Can I have your milk? Yeah. Fine. Yeah, but you're not using the bathroom. Can't use the bathroom. Fine. Um, you can't watch the TV. In what in what world that's not a sitcom are they putting tape down the middle of the room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's no, there's ne- never. And by the way, that's something that like happened. Like one guy wrote that, and everyone was yeah. probably like, "You're a dickhead." Yeah. And then it happened like 15 other times yeah. on things, over and over. So uh, the government. But that's allowed- how we're going to share the Airbnb. I think. You think so? I would like to do it like that. The government allowed uh, the cotton trade to go on, even though everyone was trying to kill each other. One hitch was that traders had to be licensed. Okay. This led to unlicensed traders getting into the business. Bribery of army officers was rampant. Okay. Some of those unlicensed traders were Jewish. Oh, boy. 
What? Here we go. What do you mean? What do you mean? It's just a small religious fact in the middle of a story. You're just about to throw some fucking Jew haymakers? Major General... Dropping some Jew bombs, are you? Ulysses Grant was now responsible for doling out trade licenses in the Department of Tennessee, which he was in charge of. That was an area made up of parts of Kentucky, Tennessee, Illinois, and Mississippi. At the time, he was trying to take over the city of Vicksburg, Mississippi. He just wanted to fight the war and did not want to deal with the cotton trade bullshit. He saw it as a completely corrupt business and thought it ended up corrupting army officers. Okay. Then on November 9th, 1862, he dropped a bit of a bombshell. Oh, boy. <clears throat> he sent an order to Major General Stephen Herobert. Quote, refuse all permits to come south of Jackson for the present. The Israelites especially should be kept out. Mm, interesting. <clears throat> what? The Israelites. Yep. Interesting. The next day he So he's sent- banning Jews. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. The next day, he sent an order to another general, quote, give, all, give orders to all the conductors on the railroad that no Jews are to be permitted to travel on the railroad southward of any point. They may go north and be encouraged in it, but they are such an intolerable nuisance that the department must be purged of them. It's almost like <clears throat> when a celebrity gets drunk and tweets. <laughs> No, Chevy Chase. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't say it. Yeah. I'm, my point was black people are more athletic. Oh, God. No, here he goes. Oh, Chevy. No. No, no, no. I'm totally hammered. Order number four. No shoes. <laughs> uh, Ulysses, please. No more, no more gin giblets. Give me the, give me the bottle. No, 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 no. Give me the bottle. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Ulysses, sit down. Good God. <clears throat> okay, so then he tightened restrictions on other... Uh, illegal cotton trade. On December 8, 1862, he issued General Order Number 2. <clears throat> Quote. Oh, boy. This, I mean, this has, this has Jewisms written all over it. Cotton speculators, Jews, and oh, God. other <laughs> He's just straight at it. He's just getting, straight at it. He's getting, gaining confidence. He's, <laughs> he's like getting brasher and brasher. Jews and other vagrants having not honest means of support. So... So he's just tossing Jews in with vagrants because and saying they can't support couldn't, themselves? And couldn't you, isn't that just, like, vagrants is good enough. No, vagrants is fine. So why? Jews saying, and vagrants. <laughs> all two of the terrible sex of our population. The Jews and the vagrants. Okay, so not having an honest means of support except trading upon the miseries of their country. Oof. So the only way in his mind that Jews are making money is by trading on the miseries of the country. Yep. Yeah. We'll leave in 24 hours or they will be sent to duty in the trenches. Jesus. So he's t- So this is a dude huh. running a Kentucky parts of Mississippi, Tennessee, Illinois and he's saying he's saying much like Hitler, yep, that if you uh, don't skadoodle we're going to make you fight. Kentucky Concentration Camp, the yeah. KKK. Then a few days later, he backed it up with General Order Number 11. Oh, boy. Which just hammered down on the same thing. Quote, Jews, Jews, Jews. Fuck them everywhere. Ow. Jews, Jews, Jews. The Jews 
as a class violating every regulation of trade it established. It is getting <laughs> very bold now. He is not. Nobody's told him no. No, nobody has said anything. Nobody to him. said anything yet. Nobody's like. I think that this is a little hey, strong. You know, just be a, maybe. Just think it. Just, just think it. Yeah, you're kind of going broad just strokes. Just think it. Just think it. You've never met Steinberg. It's one guy. It's one guy. He stepped on my foot. This Jew stepped on my foot with his big Jew hoof. Okay, so the Jews, as a class violating every regulation of trade established by the Treasury Department and also department orders, are hereby expelled from the department within 24 hours from the receipt of this order. Number 11 blamed Jews for all the smuggling of cotton in the Department of Tennessee. Just straight up. No one else is doing it. Yeah, no. No. So he ordered all the Jews expelled and said that anyone anyone returning will be arrested and held in confinement until an opportunity occurs of sending them out as prisoners. I mean, it really is a concentration camp. It's straight up what he's talking about. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's like a concentration camp unless leave or go to a concentration camp is his. I guess Hitler didn't give the out as easily. He also said no passes will be given these people to visit headquarters for the purpose of making personable application for trade permits. So he also won't give them trade permits. They're just out. They're just fucked. They're just... Immediately, army he's officer... He's starting to win me over a little bit. <laughs> he's making some points. Now he's making a little more sense. Immediately, army officers ordered Jewish traders and their families in Holly Springs, Oxford, Mississippi, and Paducah, Kentucky to leave. But only a few... Jews were actually affected because within hours, Confederate General Nathan Bedford Forrest. You remember that name? No. He started the KKK. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That guy. Uh, hey, Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Nathan, I know you're, we're fighting, but you should hear what I did to the Jews. <laughs> I we like got what some I'm, stuff in common. I like what I'm hearing on the Jew stuff. I like the Jew angle. Don't, hear, don't like what I'm hearing on the black thing, though. Black thing, you sound a little Jewy to me, honestly. <laughs> you have the opinion of a Jew on the blacks. All right, so Nathan Bedford Forrest raided and destroyed all rail and telegraph lines around Grant's headquarters. This meant that Channel Order Number 11 uh, spread around the Department of Tennessee slowly. Okay. But 11 days later... Oh, boy. <laughs> The Jews were kicked out of Paducah, Kentucky. Jesus. America. Just round up and kicked out? Yeah, America's a good place. <laughs> One of the men thrown out was Caesar Caskell. He went straight to Washington to protest... Very Jewish name. ...what was happening. Caesar Caskell? <laughs> what? I don't know. Yeah. He met with Cincinnati's Republican congressman, John Addison Gurley, who got him into the White House to speak to Lincoln. This is the total written bullshit account of what happened. Okay. And so, Lincoln said, the children of Israel were driven from the happy land of Canaan? Yes, Caskell responded. And that is why we have come unto Father Abraham's bosom asking protection. And this protection, Lincoln declared, they shall have at once. So that's a total fucking lie. But that's what no, people we say remember, You remember that. Complete horseshit. No, come on. Lincoln, that sounds Lincoln-y. <laughs> That's a little Lincoln-ish. Come on. All right. Well, then you have protection from the Jews. Oh, so Lincoln did listen. Uh, He was not pleased with uh, the Jewish people being kicked out of their homes. 
He then instructed the general in chief of the army, Henry Halleck, to revoke General Orders Number Eleven. Okay. Within a couple of days, Grant was in a bit of a panic. Uh, time for the bottle. He sent out urgent telegrams acknowledging he committed. He he sent the command to revoke. By direction of the general in chief of the army at Washington, the general order Wait. from these headquarters expelling Jews from this department is hereby revoked. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. I take back the Jew out thing. You can't take put back. the genie back in the bottle. Hey, everybody, Jews back in. No, you can't. Like, you can't. How do you? Uh, so. Anyway, my bad. <laughs> listen, Israelites, I'm going back to calling you that. Listen. I went a little over the top. Uh, I had been drinking. Ah, uh, yeah. And um, I do not think a lot of the things that I said. Okay? Yeah, I don't at all. So, yeah. I love Jews. I like them. I love Jews. This was the just little about, beanies. This was just their about Torahs. One, one guy, Steinberg. I love their sideburns. I'm a big Jew supporter. Huge. All that stuff I wrote. I want to be called Julius S. Grant. I'm checking in the rehab. All right. This has been sponsored by Pills. I'm checking. If it was now, he'd be like, I got I to go to rehab. I got. I said some things. Uh, he would be fine. He would be, if it was now, he could say all that for 11 <laughs> days and, and be fine. He would have, his Bravo show would be back on in no time. Privately, Grant was told by a staff officer that the problem with number 11 was the broad language. Yep. Uh-huh. Had the word peddler been suited after Jew, yes. I do not suppose any exception would have been taken to the order. It's the order. Said one of the officials. It's the order. It's the order of those words. It's not the... That was, that was, that was the general-in-chief of the Army's... Uh, Medical opinion. Official... Yeah. Smart. So if they had put Jew peddler instead of That's Jew, not offensive. <laughs> peddler Jew... Not offensive at all. No. Lincoln apparently had no objection to his expelling traitors and Jew peddlers, which was probably... Which, which I suppose was the object of your order, but as in terms of prescribing an entire religious class, some of whom are fighting in our ranks, the president deemed it necessary to revoke it. So there you go. You went too big. You went too big. Lincoln then had a second meeting with Jewish leaders led by Rabbi Isaac Wise of Cincinnati. Lincoln told them, he, and you're going to, if your name is Rabbi Wise, yeah. you just, doors open. Yeah. For sure. Because you're just rolling with that thing. But then he's just a total idiot. Yeah. So, um, we was thinking that, uh, <laughs> er, hold on. Wait, I had some notes written down here. I had some thoughts. Um, Okay, I got it. This just says I got to get pants and milk. Hold on, hold on, hold, 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 hold on. It's around here somewhere. You're terrible. Lincoln told them he knew of no distinction between Jew and Gentile. To condemn a class is, to say the least, to wrong the good with the bad. I do not like to hear a class or nationality condemned on account of a few sinners. So, the Jew situation faded, and Grant concerned himself with winning battles. Within a year, he was victorious at Vicksburg and became a national hero. See? Yeah, he made another hit. But that did not mean General Order Number Eleven just faded away like nothing happened. <laughs> are people still holding on to that old thing? Well, the Jews are acting weird about it. I don't well, know I'll why. I'll tell you, that's why we got to get them out of here. Too sensitive. Jews became fearful that they might now replace blacks as the hated minority in the country. Some Jewish leaders stated publicly that they worried freedom for slaves would mean trouble for Jews. That's an interesting campaign. It's <laughs> 
<laughs> We're here with uh, freedom of freedom of slave, freed slaves, problems for Jews. Uh, let's we really talk need about you guys it. to donate. Let's roundtable this. Grant ran for president as the Republican candidate in the election of 1868. The Democrats brought up Order Number Eleven, and Rabbi Wise told fellow Jews to vote against Grant because he was an anti-Semite. Grant tried to distance himself from the order, saying a lower officer had written it. And Come on, he, guys. And then he signed it without reading guys. it. Because he was busy with the war guys. and stuff. It's like, you defla- know, it's like Deflategate. You know how I issued order number two, this is the thing about the Jews, God. and order number 11, and before that I sent a couple of letters I to fired guys. the idiot who wrote it, guys. Was not me. I signed it. I Look, look. I just did a quick Here's skim. What- Here's what happens. I saw Jews. I saw, you know, another couple other words, and then I signed it, guys. Yeah, what's the deal? Why are you guys getting up my ass? Why are you being such Jews about this? Oh, I mean, no, 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 no. In a good, in a good, let me finish. Why are you being such Jews about this uh, as far as really getting to the core of what it means, as you have done as a people for so long? That still seems... And fought over goddamn pennies. I'm out of here! <laughs> he's just hammered. Oh, he's got to be hammered. Um, so there was a huge debate between uh, Jews in America who saw him as a modern-day Haman, the enemy of the Jews from the book of Esther. And then there were those who saw him as a national hero for what he did during the war. Mm. So for the first time in the history of the country, the Jewish people were at the center of a political fight. In the end, they had to decide... If they should vote for a man who was good for the country, even though they thought he was bad for Jews. Wow. And in the election, Grant won the majority of the Jewish vote and the election. How about that? That's crazy. After the war, the National Reform Association, especially during the 1870s, sought to declare the nation's allegiance to Jesus Christ. Wow. Well, we've done that since then. It's not, that has not stopped. There was a religious amendment proposed repeatedly during Grant's presidency because they believed that the Civil War was punishment for, quote, the absence of any adequate recognition of God (laughs) in the nation's founding documents. They wanted to write Christianity directly into the Constitution itself. We still do. Still do. We have. And we have. We already have. It's in there. General Orders Number 11 caused the Reconstruction debate to shift from being just about black people to also discussing the Jewish people. At the time, they made up less than 1% of the population, but were by far the most significant non-Christian immigrant, immigrant group in the country. They were immigrating quickly from about 15,000 in 1840 to about 150,000 at the beginning of the Civil War. With his appointments and policies, Grant rejected calls for a Christian nation and helped to give Jews a place in America. Jews achieved heightened status on the national scene because of Grant. He included both blacks and Jews. Wait a minute. Yeah. So wait. So he he got guilted into well, giving Jews. He he either he either learned the wrong of his ways. No, not that. That never happens. Or he was just a cynical politician. It's this one who saw this as a voting block that could help him. Um, so he included both blacks and Jews as being among groups whom, quote, those in authority should go out of their way to protect. And he sought to create new opportunities for members of both groups. In 1874, Grant attended a dedication of a new synagogue in Washington with all the members of his cabinet. 
This was the first time an American president attended a synagogue service. His actions while in office caused anti-Jewish president uh, prejudice to decline. Huh? So he, in the end, became a pro-Jew. After trying to put them in concentration camps. After trying to put the Jews in concentration camps, he gave them a footing uh, in our culture. Uh, but Let's, that only lasted for so long. When sorry? Grant, when Grant wait, left wait, office. Wait, wait, wait. I thought we just ended. When Grant left office, the wait, old no, no, no. No, anti-Semite America returned. He what? After he left office, it came back. In 1877, the year Grant left the White House, his friend, banker Joseph Siegelman, was not allowed into the Grand Union Hotel because he was an Israelite. Across the U.S., anti-Semitic restrictions led to a large decline in Jews' social status. The golden age of Grant's years became a distant memory, and by 1897, Professor Richard Gothiel of Columbia University said, gradually but surely, we are being forced back into a physical and moral ghetto our social lines run as far apart as those of our neighbors as they did in the worst ways of our European degradation. General Order Number 11 Jesus. followed Grant continually resurfacing during his life. He really wanted to prove that he wasn't prejudiced, and he appointed more Jews to public office than any previous president. In the name of human rights, extended unprecedented support to persecuted Jews in Russia and Romania. Over and over, Grant worked to assist Jews and secure them equality. He's all over the goddamn map. But the order dogged him until his death. His wife, Julia, called it, quote, that obnoxious order. He apologized for the order publicly and repented of it privately. He purposefully did not mention it in any of his memoirs. <laughs> Why would he? On his it's death like he said the N-word. On his deathbed, he took pride in the fact that Jews were among those who visited him. Wow. So he's dying, and he's like, you guys, look at all these Jews coming in here. You see this, Martha? This guy's a Jew right he's here. He's a Jew. I'm dying, and here he is. Look at this. Ah, look at that. Remember, I wanted to put him in camps. I tried to put this guy in a camp. And, and here he is. And here he is bringing me some flowers. <laughs> wow, what a turnaround. Hey, how about that? Oh, man. How about that? Jesus. Um, after he died, Rabbi Wise said that Grant had often repented his order and that the wise also fail. When he was alive, Grant was uh, as popular as Washington and Lincoln. But then the 20th century rolled around, and with it came the pushback from Southern historians. We're going to do a doll about Southern historians okay. someday because those motherfuckers. Oh his reputation came under assault. While Southerners attacked him for the way he waged war and the way he forged peace... They blamed him for the Civil War's high death rate, for the failures of Reconstruction, for the corruption of his underlings, and for his personal failings. They labeled him as a butcher and a drunk. He then was ranked close to the worst all-time presidents. But recently, Grant has been reevaluated. Historian Sean Wilentz wrote in the New York Times, Though much of the public and even some historians haven't yet heard the news, the vindication of Grant is well underway. I expect that before too long, Grant will be returned to the standing he deserves, not only as a military savior of the Union, but as one of the great presidents of his era and possibly one of the greatest in American history. So they just fudge the history. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll save that for the... But the whole Jewish thing is true. He did. Yeah. He tried to expel them and put them in camps, which expel. is a weird... <laughs> camps! I mean, America. Hang around, dig ditches. Bring your immigrants and your downtrodden, except the Jew. We loved it. We should, you know, I would be pro, like, a moron genocide. Yeah, well, that wouldn't be bad. Like, one of those would be great. Just wipe out the idiots. It's just that we always have to go on, like, appearance. If we could just, like, you know, 
I mean, there's too many mouths to feed already. Time to thin the fucking so herd you, a little so bit. So you are, are calling for genocide of some kind, but just for morons. I mean, I'm so, you know, the fucking mouth, you know, we can, like, we can, we can definitely eliminate, uh-huh. we can definitely el- cut some of the fucking fat. It's a weird argument to be making. America, listen, you're telling me that you're happy with the, how the research, I mean, we're running out of shit. Yeah. So you're into eugenics. I'm, listen, I'm just saying, if you want to, if you want to get me on board for a genocide, long shot already. Uh-huh. Long shot already, right. Dave. Well, what about... Long, long shot already. What about having an IQ test and then you sterilize people under a certain IQ? Yes, but, <laughs> but American history cannot be one of the things on the test. Otherwise, I'm going to get killed. I mean, this was a story of a man's redemption, and then your last comments have just gone so Let's just off cut the it. rails. Why don't we just cut it? Let's just cut it right after the last line. So off the rails. You know, I mean, obviously, I got into my genocide stuff. <laughs> You know, that happened. You know what I mean? Anywho. Anyway, uh, Facebook me if you want to be part of what I'm calling the movement. (laughs) Good night. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this this podcast. Uh, Listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. 